0: All right, listeners, welcome back. For segment two, we're going to dig a little deeper into the specifics of 2020 seed selection. And I think we just want to make sure we're focusing on the fact that in a lot of cases, we're going to need to take the emotion out of it a little bit, which can be kind of difficult. But just focusing on in 2018, maybe force us to go a little bit later. In 2019, we don't want this to force us next year to have yeah. a jerk reaction and go too early maturity-wise.
1: Yeah, and I think maturity, I always like to you know, we've had very two unique years, 18 and 19, kind of opposite. If you blended the two together, it's probably average. But if you compare 2019 to 18, it's like we lost the month of July in 2019. That sounds like, is that even possible? If you look at how many less GDUs we had, it's about equivalent to what we usually catch in, in, in July. And when you look at maturity, um, you know, I've talked about this, you know, quite a while, Allie, and and just as I work with growers, when I look at maturity, you know, sometimes a year after last year, we saw a lot of GDUs, hey, let's go late, let's get that top end yield. A year like this year, some might decide, hey, let's pull the rains way back. Um, We need to go earlier because, you know, we harvest took long; it was too wet. And really, the way I like to look at that Allie is not really look at it, you know, comparing to what just happened this year. But in all reality, I just like to kind of draw myself a makeshift bell curve In in Southeast Minnesota, our zone, we're 100 to 102 day maturity. That's kind of the the sweet spot, in my opinion. When you start looking at that, you know, 50% of your acre should probably land between 99 day and 103 day. That's kind of where a lot of it should land. And then from there, just take that other 25%, put that up to 104 to 6 day, take that other 25% you know, live in that 96, you know, maybe 95 to 97 day and just spread your risk that way. And maybe you'll place some hybrids uniquely to have a harvest plan. But in most cases, if you just live within that bell curve, that's where we need to stay year in, year out. Because me predicting what 2020 is going to be like is impossible. And I don't know what it's going to be like, but this really spreads your risk when you start looking at selecting maturity, just based on a bell curve standpoint.
0: Right. So like you mentioned, so we're going to start with what's our maturity sweet spot And what sort of dishes do we need to live there? As you start looking a little bit deeper into corn hybrid selection, another thing that pops into my mind is just some of the new things you want to make sure you're considering as we move into next year. And one of those things is going to be tar spot. And we're going to make sure we dig into this quite a bit deeper in an additional show. But just as a general awareness, tar spot management is going to be very greatly uh, managed by the hybrids that you select in terms of what their susceptibility is to tar spot. So hybrid selection is going to be a primary consideration for managing tar spot as we move forward here
1: yeah whether well, there be tar spot especially um variety selection is going to be number one just like a lot of um there are a lot of diseases that our, our strategy does fall back to number one being variety selection and i think if we look at some other things um you know Allie, when it comes to to corn selection um, certainly looking at data do you have corn on corn to corn on bean comparison that's important but certainly you know where I live a lot of my spend a lot of my time east of highway 52 you know northern corn leaf flight still needs to stay front and center and I always like to pair that score with stocks because sometimes if you have a weak hybrid on northern and it's average on stocks you pair that two together and that recipe can equal disaster to say the least when when those things kind of align um, you know and I also really watch that root strength as I come east of 52 alleys you go west you know you know, maybe, you know, roots are important, but maybe even that, that, that brittle snap score or other things may play a role as we move west to Highway 52 as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So certainly considering where you sit geographically is important. Um, a lot of different things we could dig into on corn, but as we move forward, I think we're going to shift a little bit over to maybe some key factors as we look at choosing soybean varieties for next year.
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, varieties like soybeans, are equally as important as corn, and maybe some of the key diseases we manage are really maybe more variety selection-driven uh, alley. You know, if I look at, you know, as, I, I, as I travel around and talk to growers, um, you know, really, I think the common thing that comes up is, you know, I need white mold, I need good white mold, I need good SDS, and I need good standability. If I look at growers that are, you know, maybe challenged on some acres, it's probably one of those three things that are maybe disappointing the most when it comes to performance.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned some of the key factors there, but in a lot of cases, it's just identifying what is your major yield robber in those fields, and how can you take a preventative measure by varietal selection to hedge yourself more positively versus trying to fix these issues when they're already an issue that we probably can't fix mm-hmm. mid-season. Another thing to consider outside of variety is maybe just how do you pair the right seed treatment with some of these genetics to either maybe agronomically on SDS they're not quite where you'd like to see them, but adding that addition of alevo to maybe bring those up a notch. Um, just some things to consider. And then I think you know cyst across the board is something that can be a tremendous yield robber, something that we don't visually see. You might not mm-hmm. even see it below ground visually, um, but could take 30% mm-hmm. off of your yield right off the top.
1: So Allie, we covered a lot of ground in a short time here this morning. Uh, Certainly, you know, just to kind of summarize the show, a lot of decisions to be made around seed selection uh, for 2020 here, the next 20 or 30 days. And uh, certainly, you know, just a couple things to call out is, you know, certainly ask for that local data, you know, and ask for, do you have multiple locations? Do you have attributes? Have you sorted that out? And if you really take some time to study through that, you're going to make the right selections for your individual acres for 2020 and hopefully lead to a successful year. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at Allie G-Wise, W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner to submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFILAM AM 1060. We'll see you at 11 a.m.